Welcome to another episode of Jim Lunsford's Resilience Unleashed, the podcast that empowers you to face life's harshest trials head on. I'm Jim Lunsford, your guide through the murky trenches of life's battles. What's our objective? To emerge from each challenge stronger, wiser, and infinitely more resilient. Here, you're not just a bystander, but a resilience warrior in training, learning the tactics and strategies that enable you to fight the shadows of addiction, trauma, and the myriad obstacles life throws your way. Before we dive in, let me share something unique about this podcast. Each episode is actually a direct adaptation of articles from our headquarters, resilienceunleashed.net, brought to life through the power of AI. That's right, an advanced artificial intelligence reads the articles, providing you with critical insights and tactics in a new, accessible format. Today's episode promises to equip you with the mental and emotional ammunition you'll need to rise above your circumstances. Our mantra is simple, be better today than you were yesterday. So gear up, warrior. You're about to experience a transformation that doesn't just change you, but reshapes your core. Let's get after it. The War Inside, Mastering Ego for Life and Leadership. Introduction. Greetings, Resilience Warriors. I'm Jim Lunsford. Discipline. Teamwork. Mission Focus. These are the pillars that we often talk about when discussing resilience and personal growth. But lurking beneath the surface, there's an adversary, cunning and adaptable, waiting to disrupt your operations, the ego. Far from a Freudian concept, the ego is a daily battlefield, an ongoing campaign that requires as much strategy, discipline, and tactical understanding as any external challenge you'll face. Think you're the toughest, the smartest, the most prepared? Think again. Without mastering ego management, you're walking into every battle with a traitor in your ranks, one that you invited and nurtured. This isn't just about self-improvement. It's about operational security, about ensuring that the person staring back at you in the mirror doesn't become your own worst enemy. Ego isn't always bad. It can drive ambition, fuel persistence, and instill a sense of purpose. But left unchecked, it morphs into arrogance, blinds you to reality, and sabotages teamwork. It whispers in your ear that you're invincible, that you don't need to listen, that you've got it all figured out. These whispers are poison, not just to you, but to everyone relying on you. Over the course of this article, we'll dissect what ego is, its manifestations, the dangers it poses, and the strategies to manage it. We'll look at how to identify ego-driven behavior, dissect it, confront it, and turn it into a disciplined ally rather than a reckless saboteur. We'll dig deep into real-world applications and the necessity for ongoing vigilance. This is a no holds barred tactical guide for the war inside your head. No one is immune. From the newest recruit to the seasoned veteran, from the frontline operator to the strategic planner, we all have an ego that needs management. The good news? You're the commander of this internal operation. The bad news? Your opponent knows you better than anyone else. Time to go to war. Section 1, The Psychological Framework Ego In psychology, it's commonly identified as the part of your mental structure that balances the primal urges from the ID and the moral compass from the superego. But to think of the ego as a middleman would be like describing a battle-hardened Navy SEAL simply as a soldier. 
It's a start, but it doesn't even come close to capturing the full scope. The ego isn't just a mediator. It's a complex system, a command center, a fortress with its defenses and strategies for survival. Imagine being in a firefight. You have rounds coming in from all directions. Your ID, that's like the machine gunner, spraying bullets everywhere without much thought. It's pure impulse. Hungry, angry, lustful, whatever, no precision, just raw energy. Then you have the superego, like your snipers, holding fire, waiting for the perfect moral or ethical shot, constantly assessing right and wrong. But the ego is calling the shots, deciding when to fire, when to move, when to hold back. The ego evaluates the battlefield, takes in the totality of the situation, and makes the hard calls. And those calls are life and death. Not always literally, but make no mistake, they shape your world. Because your ego is also your perception filter. Imagine having night vision goggles in a dark environment. The goggles don't just show you the world, they interpret it for you, highlighting some aspects while obscuring others. Your ego is like those goggles, letting you see what you want or what you've been conditioned to see, both good and bad. The ego is the master of rationalization. It can make you see a loss as a win or a win as a loss, depending on how it wants to spin the narrative. It can make a mountain out of a molehill or turn a critical life-altering issue into a mere footnote, all to protect your self-image and self-worth. That's right, your ego isn't just reactive, it's protective. It has an armory full of defense mechanisms like denial, justification, and projection, all designed to safeguard your mental fortress. However, a fortress that's too secure becomes a prison. And an ego that's too protected becomes a liability. A fortress needs to have gates to let in allies and fresh supplies. Similarly, your ego must be porous enough to let in new ideas, feedback, and reality checks. Otherwise, you'll find yourself isolated and deluded, cut off from the real world and, most crucially, from real growth. In short, your ego isn't just a part of you, it represents your inner world, with all its complexities and contradictions. And just like any powerful weapon or piece of machinery, it requires understanding, maintenance, and, above all, discipline to operate effectively. Section 2, Ego as the Narrator The ego isn't just a psychological construct, it's the storyteller of your life, your personal narrator. But don't mistake it for a neutral party just documenting events. Oh, no. It's more like a scriptwriter, editing and even rewriting your life story as it sees fit. You see, the ego has a stake in the game, your game. It wants to portray you as the hero, the victim, or sometimes even the villain, depending on how it fits its current narrative. And why does it do that? Simple, survival. Your ego's prime directive is to protect your sense of self, and storytelling is one of its most potent tools. So, how does this work on the ground, in the trenches of daily life? Let's say you nail a project at work. The ego takes that, puts it in the success column, and reinforces the story that you're competent, skilled, and a high performer. It'll flash back to that event every time you doubt yourself, using past victories to fuel future operations. But it's a double-edged blade. If you fail, the ego might rewrite that story, too. It may make you a victim, saying the odds were stacked against you. 
Or maybe it'll throw it back at you as a cautionary tale every time you're about to take a risk, reminding you of what happened last time. Remember, your ego writes this story in real time, constantly editing based on new inputs. It uses every experience, every interaction, every thought, and every emotion as material. It's like a field journalist embedded deep inside your consciousness, but with the editorial power to change the headlines. This narrative shapes not only how you see yourself, but also how you interpret the world around you. When someone gives you feedback, for example, your ego might spin it as an attack or an affirmation, depending on its current storyline. Here's the kicker, this narrative isn't just internal. It gets broadcasted through your actions, your words, and even your nonverbal cues. People can read it, and they react to it, setting up a feedback loop that either validates or challenges your ego's story. If you're always the victim, people might treat you like one. If you're the hero, they might expect you to act like one. This is where it gets tactically dangerous, because if you let that story run on autopilot, you become a slave to it. You start making choices, not based on what's the right tactical move, but based on what fits the narrative your ego has penned. So, understanding that your ego is your life's narrator isn't just a psychological insight, it's a tactical advantage. It tells you that if you want to change your life, you've got to start by changing your story. And to change your story, you've got to confront your ego. Grab that pen back and become your own narrator. Your life is happening right here, right now, and you've got the power to write your own script. Section 3, Ego as the Gatekeeper the ego doesn't just spin yarns and craft narratives, it stands guard, a vigilant gatekeeper deciding what information gets past its walls. Imagine a fortified base. It's got walls, watchtowers, guards, and a complex identification system to validate who or what gets in. Your ego is that fortified base and the stakes are just as high. Because the information it lets in, or keeps out, determines how you perceive reality, react to challenges, and ultimately, how you live your life. Now, when talking about a gatekeeper, we're talking about filter mechanisms. Picture a sentry at the gate. Anytime someone approaches, the sentry checks them against a preset list of criteria. Do they have the right identification? Do they pose a threat? The ego does the same with incoming information. If someone compliments you, the ego checks that against its list. Does this align with how I see myself? Is this person a friend or foe? Depending on the answers, that information is either allowed in to reinforce the ego's existing structure or it's flagged as a threat and dealt with accordingly. This might sound like a smart, even necessary, function. After all, some filtering is good. It helps you focus, make quicker decisions, and even protects you from mental and emotional harm. But here's the problem. The ego's filtering system is not always based on objective truth. It's based on preserving its existence and its current narrative. So, if you see yourself as a tough, no-nonsense individual, your ego will filter out information that contradicts this view. If someone says you were wrong or need to soften up, the ego might label this as hostile fire and shut it down, even if it's constructive criticism that could lead to your growth. And it's not just about blocking information, the ego also prioritizes. Imagine a scenario where you're getting constant intelligence feeds. Some of these are critical, say, enemy movements or supply drops. Others are less so, like weather updates. 
A good command center prioritizes critical intel for immediate action. But if your ego is skewed, it might start prioritizing the wrong things. It might obsess over a minor slight while ignoring a major life event. Or it might amplify a small success into a major triumph, inflating your self-image out of proportion to reality. So, what's the tactical takeaway? You've got to audit your gatekeeper. Question the ego's filtering mechanisms. Is it letting in the right information? Is it prioritizing based on what's important? If not, it's time for a revamp. It's time to reset the criteria, to redefine what gets flagged as a threat or ally. It means retraining your gatekeeper to align with your goals, values, and mission. You want a gatekeeper that's not just vigilant, but also wise. One that understands when to open the gates and when to keep them shut. One that differentiates between friend and foe based on objective criteria, not skewed narratives or irrational fears. A gatekeeper with poor judgment doesn't just compromise your base, it compromises your entire mission. Your life. So, stand by to recalibrate. Get that gatekeeper in check. Your mission depends on it. Section 4, Ego's Operational Impact. Your ego isn't confined to the confines of your mind. It spills out into the world and manifests in your actions, your decisions, and your operations. It becomes the unspoken strategy that guides how you navigate the battlefield of life. It influences the missions you take on, the alliances you form, and even the enemies you make. Think of it as the silent operating system running in the background, so deeply ingrained that you often don't realize it's calling the shots. Here's what that looks like in the heat of the moment. You're in a high-stakes situation. Maybe it's a critical business meeting. Maybe it's a confrontation. You've got objectives, a mission to complete. The ego, acting as your unacknowledged strategist, starts to evaluate the situation based on its own goals, self-preservation, maintaining face, and gaining recognition. So you enter that meeting, and instead of focusing solely on the mission objective, you find yourself drawn into power struggles, one-upmanship, and validation-seeking behaviors. You may even compromise the mission just to save face or assert dominance. That's your ego, diverting valuable resources, your attention, your energy, away from your true objective. And let's not forget about how the ego impacts teamwork. We all know the saying, there's no I in team. But the ego doesn't like that. The ego wants to be the star player, even at the cost of the team's success. It pushes you to outshine your teammates rather than synergize with them. It tempts you to hoard information rather than share it. In the worst case scenario, it can even make you sabotage others just to maintain your status. Now, this doesn't mean ambition or competition are bad. What's detrimental is when these drives are fueled by the ego's agenda rather than aligned with the team's mission and objectives. Even in leadership roles, the ego is there, silently pulling strings. A leader's role is to guide the team toward the objective, to make the hard calls, and to take responsibility. But an ego-driven leader flips that script. They start to see the team as an extension of their own self-image. They demand loyalty instead of earning it. They focus on being right rather than doing what's right. And when things go south, they quickly pass the blame while hoarding any credit. That's not leadership, that's ego-driven tyranny. And it can break a team, an organization, or even an entire operation. 
To fully understand the operational impact of the ego, you've got to see it as more than just a psychological quirk. It's a tactical variable, a factor that can and will impact your effectiveness in the field. Whether you're an individual contributor, part of a team, or in a leadership role, you've got to understand how your ego operates. You've got to check it, contain it, and harness it. Because an unchecked ego isn't just a personal liability, it's an operational risk. Your mission, whether a business venture, a relationship, or a personal goal, can be compromised if you let your ego run the show. So, the next move? Take control. Run diagnostics, reprogram the system, and get your ego aligned with your true mission. That's the path to operational effectiveness. Section 5, Tactical Strategies for Ego Management Your ego isn't your enemy, it's a tool. But like any tool, it can either aid you in your mission or derail it entirely. It's all about how you wield it. Managing your ego isn't about destroying it. Trying to obliterate your ego is like removing the firing pin from a rifle to make it safer. Sure, it won't fire, but it also becomes useless. What you want is discipline control, a safety mechanism, if you will, that ensures it fires only when you intend it to. The first tactical strategy is self-awareness, the foundational element of all operations. You've got to know your terrain to navigate it, and in this case, the terrain is you. Regular introspection becomes your recon, evaluating your emotional triggers, your default settings, and your blind spots. This isn't navel-gazing, this is gathering intel for operational effectiveness. Are you feeling defensive? Why? Is it justified, or is your ego just raising shields against a perceived threat? Knowing yourself allows you to discern between a real threat and a false alarm. Next is detachment. In the heat of battle, emotions run high, adrenaline surges, and the ego wants to take command. Your strategy here is to detach, step back mentally, and reassess. This is the tactical pause when you disconnect from the emotional charge and view the situation as if you were an external observer. It's like calling a timeout during an operation to reassess your strategy. Are you acting based on rational objectives, or is your ego trying to hijack the mission? Accountability is your third strategy. The ego hates accountability because it threatens its infallible self-image. But in the field, accountability is not a burden, it's a tool for accuracy and precision. Just like a sniper considering wind speed, elevation, and other variables before taking a shot, being accountable means factoring in your ego as a variable in your decisions. Did an operation fail? Own it. Analyze it. Learn from it. Your ego will resist, but accountability is how you reprogram it to serve your mission, not derail it. Your final strategy is humility, the ego's natural antidote. Humility doesn't mean self-deprecation or a lack of confidence. In operational terms, it means recognizing that you are a single unit in a larger operation. It's understanding that your performance, while important, is most effective when synchronized with your team, aligned with your mission, and in service to a larger objective. The ego wants to shine individually. Humility ensures you shine in coordination with your unit, achieving true mission success. Each of these strategies is a tactical maneuver in the larger operation of managing your ego. Employ them individually or in combination, adapt them based on the situation, but always keep them in your tactical toolkit. 
Because if you master the art of ego management, you don't just improve your operational effectiveness, you elevate the effectiveness of your entire unit. Section 6, The Long Game, Sustaining Ego Management Ego management is not a one-and-done operation. It's a sustained campaign. Like physical fitness or tactical proficiency, you can't just reach a certain level and declare victory. When you take your eyes off the target, you risk losing ground, becoming complacent, and letting the ego retake its old positions. The battle against the ego's destructive tendencies is ongoing, a never-ending engagement that requires constant vigilance, ceaseless adaptation, and relentless pursuit. Think of this as your long-term strategy. Like you wouldn't prepare for a single battle and ignore the overarching war, managing your ego requires a broader vision. It's a campaign of many battles, some won and some lost, but with an unyielding commitment to the end goal, a disciplined, mission-aligned ego that serves you rather than sabotage you. So, how do you sustain this long-term campaign? By establishing standard operating procedures, SOPs, for ego management. Like any military operation, you need protocols, checks, and procedures to ensure your strategies are implemented effectively and consistently. Your SOPs become your go-to guidelines, a set of predetermined responses and actions designed to counter specific ego-driven tendencies. These are your drills, your training exercises that equip you for real-world situations where the ego tries to assert itself. Regular after-action reviews, AARs, are another critical aspect of this long-term strategy. After any significant event, operation, or decision-making process, conduct an AAR. What went well? What went wrong? How did the ego play a role? This is your debrief, your moment to reflect and analyze. By incorporating these AARs into your routine, you ensure that lessons are not just learned but also applied, closing the feedback loop and allowing for real-time adjustments to your strategies and SOPs. Don't underestimate the value of external counsel in this ongoing campaign. No general goes to war alone. They have advisors, experts, and intelligence officers. You, too, need an advisory council, trusted individuals who can offer an external perspective who can act as a mirror reflecting both your strengths and your weaknesses. They become your accountability partners in this mission, individuals with the clearance to call you out, to challenge you, and to keep you aligned with your objectives. Longevity in this campaign also demands mental toughness and resilience. The ego will strike back, it will adapt, and it will resist your efforts to manage it. There will be setbacks and failures. This is where your mental fortitude comes into play. Just like a soldier doesn't quit the field after a lost battle, you don't abandon the campaign because of temporary setbacks. You regroup, reassess, and re-engage. Sustaining ego management is a lifelong commitment, a dedication to personal excellence and mission effectiveness. It's not easy. It's not supposed to be. The hardest battles are often the most important ones, and this is a battle you can't afford to lose. Section 7, The Ultimate Objective, Mission-Aligned Ego So, what's the end state? What's the ultimate objective in this prolonged campaign against the ego's destructive tendencies? It's not annihilation of the ego, that's not only impossible, but it's also counterproductive. The goal is transformation, a mission-aligned ego that enhances rather than obstructs your objectives, both personal and professional. 
An ego that's not eradicated, but educated and disciplined. An ego that's not your master, but your servant, a subordinate element in your operational hierarchy. When your ego is mission aligned, it no longer seeks validation at the expense of the objective. It finds validation in the successful accomplishment of the mission itself. It stops becoming the reckless rogue agent, acting based on its own agenda, and becomes a disciplined operator, focused, trained, and committed to the mission's success. It becomes another tool in your toolbox, another weapon in your arsenal, honed and maintained for maximum effectiveness. In this optimized state, the ego still plays its role. It still seeks achievement, recognition, and even dominance, but now, these drives are channeled towards constructive ends. It wants to achieve, not for the shallow pleasure of outdoing others, but for the deeper satisfaction of mission accomplishment. It seeks recognition, not as an end in itself, but as a byproduct of excellent performance. It even utilizes the drive for dominance constructively, channeling that aggressive energy not against your teammates or subordinates, but against the challenges and adversaries that stand in the way of your objectives. A mission-aligned ego also makes you a more effective leader. Because your self-worth is no longer tied to your status, you can lead with genuine authority rather than insecure authoritarianism. You give orders based on what's best for the mission, not what's best for your ego. You take feedback without defensiveness, evaluate it objectively, and adapt accordingly. This creates a culture of mutual respect, a fertile ground for trust and cooperation, crucial for any successful operation. And don't underestimate the impact of a mission-aligned ego on your relationships, both personal and professional. People naturally gravitate towards self-assured yet humble, ambitious yet selfless, and confident yet open to feedback. This becomes your force multiplier, amplifying your influence and impact not just in your immediate circle, but also in your broader network. The mission-aligned ego becomes the gravitational center, the core around which others willingly orbit, each benefiting from the focused, constructive energy it radiates. This is your ultimate objective. It's not easy. It's a mountain with no summit, a journey with no end. But every step forward is a victory, and every battle won is a marker of progress in the ongoing campaign. It requires vigilance, discipline, and the relentless commitment to stand by to get some. But the payoff? A life of maximum impact, a legacy of mission success, and the profound satisfaction of knowing you harnessed one of humanity's most volatile elements and made it work for you. That's the ultimate victory. Conclusion So there it is, laid out in black and white, the unvarnished truth about ego, the tactics to rein it in, the strategies to turn it into an asset rather than a liability. This isn't just a philosophical discussion or a feel-good mantra. It's an operational playbook, a guide to taking control of that ever-present force that can be your strongest ally or your deadliest foe. It's a call to action for every individual in any role, in any situation. Your mission, team, and life could depend on how well you manage this intangible yet palpable element of your being. It's that serious. Mastering the ego is a relentless, ongoing process. It doesn't end, there is no finish line. Your ego is adaptive, as you evolve, it will too. It will find new ways to make you stumble and new weaknesses to exploit. But if you apply relentless scrutiny, if you hold yourself accountable and foster a culture of ego management around you, then you're setting the stage for long-term, sustainable victory, both personal and collective. 
And remember, ego management isn't a solo mission. It's a collective effort, a collective responsibility. Your ability to keep your ego in check will directly influence your leadership, your team cohesion, and the very culture you're part of. Ignoring it or underestimating it isn't an option. Complacency isn't an option. You've got to be on the offensive, always. So, where do you go from here? Forward. You go forward with eyes wide open, with heightened awareness, and with the battle-tested tactics and strategies you've acquired. You go forward with humility, with the understanding that mastery is a journey, not a destination. You go forward, ready to teach, ready to learn, and ready to adapt. Because the battlefield is ever-changing, the mission remains the same, to become the best version of yourself for the benefit of those around you. This is not the end, it's just the beginning. Now that you're armed with this knowledge, it's time to execute. It's time to take the battle to the enemy and time to claim victory in the internal war that rages every day. Discipline equals freedom. And managing your ego? That's the highest form of discipline. Stay disciplined. Stay resilient. This is Jim Lunsford, reporting from the front lines of life's battlefield. The headquarters? ResilienceUnleashed.net. What happens there? It's a crucible where discipline fuses with resilience and character is sculpted from raw will. What are we up against? Addiction, trauma, and the obstacles that ambush you in the dark corners of life. The mission, better today than yesterday. That's the standard. And we're not lone wolves. We're a unit, an army of resilience warriors. We are prepping for tomorrow's battles while also becoming leaders of the fight. Dig in at the trenches at resilienceunleashed.net for the tactics, strategies, and game plans.